Oncology Data Advisor. I'm Kira Smith, and today I'm joined by Dr. Reed Merriman. Dr. Merriman, it's nice to talk to you again. Great to be here. So last month, I talked about the recent approval of epcaritimab for DLBCL, and recently results are also presented uh, for epcaritimab for follicular lymphoma. Um, so what are these, what is this trial investigating in comparison to the trial that the approval is based on? So uh, epcaritimab has been tested across a number of different B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphomas. And while the epcaritimab was approved for DLBCL, we've also seen some very encouraging results in, in other lymphomas, including follicular lymphoma. So at um, ASCO and EHA earlier this year, uh, results were presented for a trial that tested epcaritimab in combination with R-squared, uh, lenalidomide and rituximab. Um, and showed very encouraging results um, for patients with relapsed or refractory follicular lymphoma. Uh, so what were the results that were presented? What was the efficacy of the, of the regimen? So this trial was, or this combination was tested in about 110 patients. Um, all patients received standard dosing for R-squared, which was given over 12 cycles. And uh, two different dosing strategies were used for epcaritimab uh, in ARM2A uh, and ARM2B. There was uh, more or less frequent epcaritimab dosing. Um, and what we saw was that in a fairly uh, high-risk patient population, where about 60% of patients had stage 4 disease, about 40% of patients had POD24, and about 60% of patients had high-risk flippy scores, um, we saw high response rates. Uh, so the overall response rate was 98% and the complete response rate was 87%, both of which are, are quite impressive in this setting. Um, and notably, high response rates were seen across all different patient subgroups, including those with high-risk features like those with uh, primary refractory disease, POD24, high-risk flippy scores. Um, there's about a year of follow-up um, uh, as of this summer, um, and the responses seem to be durable. The one-year progression-free survival was about 80%, and the one-year duration of complete response was about 90%. And again, uh, responses seem to be durable across different patient subgroups, including in the high-risk high patient groups. Great. It's very impressive results. So has the efficacy of epcarinumab uh, been relatively similar across the different tumor types that have been investigated? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think... Um, Indolent, this is a pattern that we see that in general, it's easier to get responses in indolent uh, lymphomas than it is in aggressive. Um, so the response rates for single agent uh, epcaritimab have been higher for follicular lymphoma compared to diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. Um, and that may also have to do with the uh, amount of prior treatment. Um, so in this study, patients had received a median of one prior line of therapy, whereas in diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, patients had received uh, more prior lines. I think in the registrational phase two trial, patients received three prior lines of therapy and a higher percentage of patients that had prior CAR T-cell therapy in the diffuse large B-cell lymphoma trials. Um, so they were more heavily pretreated. But I think you know, the data so far suggests that these drugs are particularly effective for uh, follicular lymphoma. Great. Um, have any different toxicities been observed um, across the different populations? Um, I, I would say that the toxicity profile looks pretty similar um, in the different studies. Uh, the most common side effects are cytopenias and CRS. And the, the rates of CRS, you know, if you look closely, they might be slightly different, but I think, you know, we see fairly frequent CRS occurring in approximately half of patients. Um, and then uh, low rates of high-grade CRS. Uh, looks like it's between zero and 5%. 
um, across the different studies across histologies. And I think the pattern has been similar too in terms of the timing of CRS, where it's it's mostly in cycle one or cycle two. And you know, the highest uh, frequency of CRS occurs with the first full dose of epcritimab, which is given on cycle one, day 15. Mm-hmm. So I know there are several um, different arms or trials of epcritimab that are being investigated right now. Are there any um, additional directions or future ones that are that are planned as well? So I think, you know, across the uh, CD3, CD20 biospecifics, uh, there are combination studies basically in every possible, uh, every possible line of therapy from first line, second line, et cetera, um, which I think is really exciting. We don't, we have these really uh, potent drugs and we don't yet know where they will fit best in our treatment armamentarium. Um, but I, I think They'll, they'll likely, you know, the approvals that we're seeing now are in third or later line as monotherapy, but I suspect that we'll probably see approvals uh, in the future in combination in earlier lines of therapy. Great. Um, any parting thoughts you'd like to share about how epigrotumab fits into the treatment landscape for these diseases? I think it's really exciting that epigrotumab is now approved and it's a tool that we have for patients. Um, so, you know, Unfortunately, patients who relapse after CAR T-cell therapy, those with diffuse large B-cell lymphoma really have limited options. And this is a great tool to have. um, And I'm excited to to be using it in clinic. Great, it's very exciting. So thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk about it today. Sure, thanks for having me.